Nick, we're going to do a pitch episode this week. Are you ready? Can't wait. I can't wait to, you know, give you some revenge of... I couldn't even make you crack a smile with my last pitch. So this is it. This is my time to uh, to be like Donald Trump or Alan Sugar. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how you go. Don't don't get scared. I'm a confident nine out of ten on this one. So I'm ready. So we what just as give people a setup. Uh, Nick and I go through an idea. It's a what, why, how. And then we also talk through the business side of it. So the TAM, the difficulty, how we're actually going to make money from it if we were to roll it out or if you were to steal the idea. And then we'll go into some of the competition and and why it's going to be easy or difficult. So shall I? Yeah, shall look, I kick look, in? Here's, here's your stage. Like, this is a big pitch for you, I think. You know, imagine we're in the elevator. What you got for me? Today I'm going to pitch the, the next generation of email clients. So what it is, is it's a new email client made for the modern world of work. It's the email client's going to break down written communication in a better format. It's going to be rich media formatted. So most emails, you have to put a link in and you click off and it doesn't load or preload or render anything within the client. And that's a major problem because you having to multifunction and use multi-windows is causing you so many different distractions. It's a big it's a big cause of lack of response and often it changes the direction of conversation. So what I mean by rich media, you still default to text, but natively it should handle video, it should handle audio, it should handle interactions and reactions. So if someone likes the idea or likes something within the email, you should be able to react to it or show you that you've read it and can give a response. So better than a ideally like a reaction or a comment and it would it would give you a feedback score or level within certain parts of the email so it could do sentiment but we'll get into the the weeds in a minute only gmail and sometimes outlook use schema which basically means it can use third-party data to um, create a format that you can read it in and it'll be a little bit more interactive so you might have seen that you can when you get airline tickets and you use Gmail, you can flick through and swipe through, and then you can get the information add to another application or add to, add in Outlook or or Gmail. So what's really important about that is there's not many other apps or software that enables you to do that, but the text already existing, it's already open, it's already accessible, and then email is the communication and collaboration tool of choice. So it's very rare that you actually collaborate with inside of the tool itself. What that means is you're sitting an email, if you're any from a junior all the way up to the most senior person within a business, your canonical tool typically still is email. So you still sign things off an email, you still have to reply to emails, you still have to forward them, you still have to, if you get an email, it, typically is a higher prioritization than any other work that you know that you're doing so whether it's a slack a teams or an equivalent or a whatsapp whatever however your company's built and what basically that means is you're waiting it's a push pull you're always waiting for someone to send you something so you're always on edge but also you don't know that any sort of prioritization or any smart way of of handling it so you're continuously waiting for information to be fed at you or you're continuously waiting for something um, to answer a question you've asked. Very rarely is the knowledge kept in that email and, and shared in that way. So, so far, so good, right, Nick? You're, you're bought in a little bit already. I'm bought in a little bit already, I've got to say. Um, I think, you know, you summed up the problem there at the end quite nicely, which is, you know, the, the, the problem that we're trying to tackle here is that email is not collaborative mm. and it can't support these rich media formats it's almost like the Frankenstein of like email and Slack, mm. but more in email. And there's, I, I think we've got to dig into it a bit more because it's like the business model side is, is really interesting. And also getting into the real kind of, I suppose if we were looking at the why, like how important and the purpose. I think mm. let's get into that. So the why? Email is 90% of the time is the default communication 
channel of choice. Email is where most businesses make the decisions and it's always going to be the most important communication channel. Most businesses have to sign off on email. So replace fax. I won't explain what fax is if you don't know what it is. Uh, in large businesses, especially in finance, they have to keep emails for a specific period of time. It's typically over seven years. So email legally is one of the most important parts of communication. And if you have any sort of investigation or tribunal, email is the first thing that they open up and look through. But on the other side, emails are time suck. So it's people tend to, on average, spend 3.1 hours on work email every day. That's sending, receiving, trying to interpret what it means, going through it, understanding what they should do with this nonsensical email that they've received from their boss or they've sent out to people they've never had they don't get a response but they're still sitting in that email client emails often the way that people actually find out what's truly going on within business so because chat and slack and teams have become overly chatified so people have numerous levels of conversation you tend to have to go to email to find out what actually is happening so you tend to go let's take this to email or let's send something formal out so email's still going to be and will be the, the canonical identity within businesses. And what I mean by that is your business address has got your basic information connected to it. So it's got your name, surname. Most, if you set it up properly, will have your title, your department, and your other contact information. So it's saying, here's my email address, here's my name, here's what I do, and here's how you could contact me, but we know you're going to contact me via email when something's really important. Slack and Teams is often the secondary platform. So that is, if it we can break something down, let's have a sat chat or let's jump in and, and have a Teams call. And then what typically happens is, unless you manage Slack and Teams properly, you then send an email out to Roundup and wrap it up. And there's a tool called around.co, which I think I've mentioned before, which when you do a call on it and you make notes, it sends it around after the meeting to every attendee. So it's really smart and how it's done it, but email's not connected into that. So imagine you could have a call within your email client that has all of the, the meeting notes and the, the breakdown, and that would be very, I think that would answer a lot of problems. So another why is no one really taught or teaches email etiquette in new business. So when you join a new business, no one knows how email's supposed to be done in that business. And that's one of the major flaws when you go into businesses, you don't understand the etiquette and the communication etiquette, and typically that's done over email. Uh, so no one knows how to start or finish emails, and then often this has to be handled within tech. So it could be something that when you go in, it's you're onboarded by, and then you can have presets done. So I always say you should start with a template, not a blank sheet, and I think that's deliberately and should be deliberately true with email. Email struggles to scale uh, effectively, so everything's stored in inboxes, so it's not a knowledge center. Actually, your inbox is private, whereas a lot of the information is stored and it shouldn't be. And that's a major problem. The shared knowledge is one of the most important things. At the moment, you have to use four different tools to share that knowledge, whereas everything tends to be in someone's head or in their inbox. And that shouldn't be the way it works. And then email clients haven't been updated since the 90s, really. I know that you've used Superhuman and you use it. Essentially what Superhuman is, is a very quick way of managing email at scale. And you could probably say, hey, it's trying to do that, but from a spam perspective and who you should contact back. But Superhuman and Hey are the only email clients that have really been updated properly since the 90s. All the others, Gmail, Outlook, Yahoo, all really have, they've had facial updates. So they've had the, 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 um, cosmetics updated but they haven't had how it works in, in the background updated for instance in inbox by google tried it uh, they rolled out some of the, the features into gmail but a lot of the good features still haven't been rolled out same with wave which they tried to roll out years ago which was way ahead of its time probably too technical you got spark which is probably the closest thing that i use to it and that understands the model maybe email so you can actually copy and paste the url so your team can have conversations around that email chain. That's another smart way of how you could tackle it. Obviously, there's some privacy concerns if you did do it that way, but we'll go into that. Uh, there's a thing called Mindstream that I'm using. It sits on top of Gmail. It's just a way to view 
Gmail on top of your desktop. It's not particularly smart, but there's ways of doing it. But there are teams that are doing it, uh, companies that are doing it in a different way. So there's something called front that are tackling open inboxes by removing the friction of private inboxes. But that's been around for a long time. It's struggled to get major traction. And I think that's just because of the way that they consider how email's handled as opposed to it's been sent and collaborated with. And then just lastly, Teams is an extension to the workplace. Microsoft Teams, but some people love it, some people hate it, but it is trying to be in a work operating system. It's trying to connect everything into one and they're trying to make Teams that, but it doesn't actually improve email. And I think that's really interesting from a company like Microsoft. Haven't really understood the power of email yet or, or worked collaboratively with it. Now the last few is emails is based, is a, based on a set of feeds. So all email clients are is a feed of emails. So it doesn't think about how to be smarter. And that's a problem. So for instance, there's no real way of, of verifying spam email quickly. So that the inbox should do that really quickly for you. Tagging is weak. So if you tag someone, it, it doesn't always work. doesn't always give them the notification. doesn't give you an action to take. I'm teasing a couple of features here. And then only upgrade is in preview. So it's you preview something and that's the only way that it becomes actionable. It's not actually, you don't make it something that you can work on, collaborate with, working inside that inbox. And if you've ever worked with anyone like me who works on inbox zero, I'm really quick on email because I know that's really important. But a lot of people aren't ever taught that and aren't taught to clear their inbox. And there's an excuse in the modern workplace that, oh, I haven't got to the email, I'm swamped. Or I've got millions of emails that just haven't read yet. That's an excuse as opposed to like addressing a, a use case. And then just lastly, if you've ever worked with anyone that's good on email, you know that they use subject lines very well. They format their emails really well and they don't extend the conversation when they don't need to. People don't necessarily love the idea of direct people being direct on emails, but it's a way to stop a chain from happening. And very often that's what Slack and Teams have really struggled to do is to understand what the important information is and what isn't. And with the future of work is anywhere. So you can be in a third place like a coffee shop, you can be in an office, you can be at home, you can be in a shared space. We're going to see more and more communication methods used, but we should be optimising the ones that we, the most important channels that we use every day. And we should do that and that's email. So that's the why. Average average why gotta say i know you tried but very average no it was <laughs> a lot of things make a lot of sense but one thing that popped into my mind when you you mentioned superhuman is the reason so it tries to help with that inbox zero right like that's kind of the the point of it it, it helps you make decisions on what is or isn't relevant it basically says when you set up it says give me a time scale they suggest like two weeks anything other than two weeks is like dead it just goes archived so it doesn't appear in the inbox it just gets instantly archived and then you got basically two weeks to go through and organize and if anything still needs action it stays in the inbox as soon as it's done it goes archived so they create those boundaries of how to manage the email well all these shortcuts and stuff that they have those like you've got to learn everything and it is designed pretty simply but you still got to learn like a new way but the biggest barrier for me was that i had to leave superhuman to go to my web browser to access google docs mm. and because we we host on google so everything is in google docs so superhuman doesn't have an integration for google docs and because of that i just there's no point in me using it because i access my drive via the menu in my mail so i like it draws me back in every time like there's no way i can avoid it because it's convenience it's just there at like emails my central hub we have things like monday.com for task management and things that are also becoming like central hubs and like workspaces but i i think that's the big barrier for me it's like how can you get adoption where there's so many people that use so many different infrastructures for documentation collaboration communication how can you get that 
adoption because that's the key thing. Well, imagine that I thought this through and I'm going to go into the how in a minute. Well, you know, I'll set them up, you knock them down. One thing that's the perfect example is that in the modern day browser, you can do a lot of different things. You can deep link, you can have it with desktops a bit harder because you can't necessarily work on a desktop app and Apple and Google and and the PC manufacturers worked that out a little while ago is software and as a sense of you double clicking something on your home screen shouldn't necessarily be native on your laptop or your iPad depending on how you work now your surface so yeah I think that the reason why I said this should be a web app it should be a mobile app it should be a, a desktop application is you can have desktop applications a bit like a React progressive web apps that just sit and act like a browser so there's a load of ways that you can integrate that in and you should be doing it and like you said with Monday all of these tools end up emailing you because they know that that's still the most important part of your day that's still the thing that you have to go through so it's not just that you sit in it in a web browser and you get a notification that pings up on the top right hand side if you're a Mac user like Nick and I it's that they still have to email you it's the same way as if you haven't checked Slack for a while and you've got a load impending and, and LinkedIn they still drop you a recap or they tell you that you should click through so I've got a, a lot of features to, to run through but you're going to have to launch light it's the way of software development you're going to have to start basic and, and make sure that basic so I'm interested to see what your kind of like MVP stroke version one is just quickly though I do agree with you on that kind of desktop browser side that like I've always wanted like I, I don't understand why things are still so rigid when I set up my MacBook I wanted to say what is your like let's create your workstation yes it will be inside the Mac OS and everything else but what are the tools that are your home tools like what are the things you need to see every time you open up the lid or access your computer what are the things you need to see and you set those things because they are your organization's main tools because there's there's a big problem inside organizations as well i mean we've used like Basecamp, asana like now we're on monday.com like you know we try github and now we raise tickets on monday.com and then they go into github from there um because no one on the op side sales marketing likes using github account management teams everybody likes something super simple mm. and then the, the tech team can do what they want with it right so it's but that whole thing is grated on me and i did have an idea about this which kind of crosses into this slightly but that whole i want to see what my home is before i get into 20 browser windows so, and multiple tabs i'm dangerously techy so i can hold a technical conversation with developers or architects i wouldn't you know i wouldn't want to go full in on a software developer despite my background uh, many moons ago as a, as a product and project manager um but one of the things i think that we could adopt just as as people is like a campfire so you go on you open up your lid of your laptop and then you have like a ring of apps that you you work in and then you have like the the notifications and you can you should be able to hover over them and it should tell you the most important tasks or the things that you've missed so like the no app ever gives you a digest and i don't understand why they don't because they know you and know what the importance level is again it's one of the features i've got in this we should have ways of of educating users into using things and I think campfire so imagine you use six apps you should have them as a ring and then the most important one in the middle and I think that's super simple for these apps to do that now and especially if you, you know a lot of people have to use APR they have to use if this then that to, to automate it there's ways that we, you can do that now people are used to offline work being forced online as opposed to online work you being utilized by the right tools yeah 100 percent. i think the tool adoption though is just a difficult thing i think culturally in organizations you chop and change tools till you find something that works what have i got monday slack whatsapp 
email. And actually, you know, when I look at the finances every month, what we pay for is about 30 different mm. software tools for different, obviously for different things. But it's that I work a lot in my head, which is really difficult because I've got so much to do. Everything remains in my head and I've just trained myself to periodically send myself reminders about something. And then I'm writing things down on like post-it notes and things, which is just super unorganized. And then I'm trying to get things in Monday. So I don't have to have the reliance on either memory or messy post-it notes. But that's as much Um, your, it's not your tech stack. That's how many requests you're getting. So that's your constant requests, the meetings you're in, podcasts you record, interviews you're in, blah, blah, blah. Like they're all things, mm. it's reasons because of your busy day. If you could, and then you had deep work and you had tools that help you manage that, mm. you'd do that. It's just that you have too many tools, too little time. And, yeah. you know, and-, and speaking to IT CTOs, IT companies, they don't need more tools they need better tools yeah and and i think the other bit that's super important is training Mm. and i know we spoke about this with superhuman because you get a 30 minute onboard session and training it helps them qualify the quality of their leads and obviously it gets people hopefully straight into that now it's not quite enough because you're never going to learn all these shortcuts and commands and blah, blah, blah. And that time it's about repetition. It's about training. And I think that's, I think this is like, it needs to be like a cultural solution. It needs to be adopted by workplaces, people trained on it, advocacy inside a building where there's experts who then every new starter that gets onboarded, they don't know any different. All they know is, like what that tool is and how to use it. And I think when you mentioned deep work is super interesting because the only way I'm a big believer in deep work and creating productivity through time management. Obviously I'm super good at time management <laughs> for anyone that knows me, they'll agree sarcastically, but deep work, the only way that people seem to achieve it is by blocking out diary. You literally have to be like, I'm so overwhelmed. My workload is so high and I've got to crack through stuff. All I can do is block out my diary for people to leave me alone. Mm. But that, why isn't that, like within this system, it could be, oh, your task level. You could say every task takes an hour, right? Or it takes like, you could categorize tasks. Like, is it a four hour, one hour, 10 minutes? And if you had X amount building up that categorized by an approximate time it's going to take you, it could tell you, you need to do a period of deep work today. It's almost like an AI that clears your diary, puts it in, prioritizes your tasks for you, and then goes into that. I think if that can all run out, out of an email client, then uh, there needs to be like a central hub for all of this to, to exist in. I think you're right that email email's not going anywhere soon because of the the robustness of it and the fact that it's viewed legally as you know as important now as the written letter it's just the modern version of the written letter right and like you said there's there's six seven years whatever it is paper trails that you need to keep and da 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 and it's actually steeped in like robustness from a kind of legal perspective and everything else and paper trails and as soon as it's okay let's confirm it on email it's it's like your default of we got this on record yeah it's not on slack and it's not somewhere else it's on record now because it's on email so i think email is that central hub but i think it's that campfire idea about if the email is the fire like how do you connect everything around it and how do you like I think we need to be retrained mm. on how to work because working now from 20 years ago or even 10 years ago is super different and things used to be really simple and therefore because things used to be simple and a lot of physical interactions, you only needed simple tools. There wasn't much else that was needed. Now we are being bombarded with digital stimulus and digital distraction, messages via multiple channels smartphone in your pocket all the time laptop ipad webcams 
audio device, like everything, right? And we are not trained to deal with it, like as human beings. It's, it's, we learn, it's the classic, right? You do your driving, you learn to drive and you get taught how to drive the correct way in the eyes of the, how to pass your test. And as soon as you're done with that test, like it's, you're, you're doing all sorts, you're driving, like you're steering with your knees, like <laughs> you're driving like arm out the window, whatever you're doing, it kind of all goes, but it's, there's never that. So you form bad habits basically when you're left to your own devices, but you're never taught what best practice looks like. And no one, no, like no one knows. Everybody deals with like, you get zero inbox or you get 20,000 inbox like me that actually used to turn some of my team into a cold sweat mess because they couldn't deal with the fact that the notification said 10,000 emails or 20,000 emails or whatever the record I got to was across multiple mailbox mailboxes might add and there was a lot of spam it's not insane but it used to just literally bring people to high levels of anxiety and i just think i was never taught i've seen people operate zero inbox i've seen how they file but you mentioned the templates earlier and i think that is key as well it's like where is the framework i can work to subject lines oh god what's the subject to this one hello <laughs> just go for hello quite a lot I think that playbook needs to be there. And that's where the current email providers, you do get, uh, Google have introduced the ability for kind of predictive language, um, which is a little bit helpful at times, just because you can tab and it writes half a sentence for you. And there are some things coming through around natural language and, and writing more templated, I suppose, kind of responses or keeping consistency. But it shouldn't be Google but, that tells you how to template. No. It should be Outlook, it should be your exactly. company. Exactly, exactly. And that should be, I think that's where it lies. It's about adoption from a, a company perspective, company-wide perspective, and its commitment to it and its advocacy and its good training and it's a way of working. I think if it can solve other issues, that's when it becomes a bit more compelling. Should I dive into some more how, like, how it's yeah, going to work? Yeah, do it. So, I'm waiting to tear it cool. apart. So it's going to have to be a desktop, mobile and browser-based. It's a given. You can't not do it nowadays. I think it's built with management tools inbuilt. So best time to send an email. You never taught that. CRM team still don't understand that. Um, best time to manage to send an auto reminder. When you send something, someone doesn't respond. How do you actually bump it up to inbox rather than send them another email? It's calendar view. So when emails come in, so you can actually look in the calendar when they come in and if there's a meeting attached, so you could view it inside time as opposed to just subject line and, and preview I think there's a list view and it needs to be filtered and updated but I'll go through some of the other um, features I think you need sub subject line management so formatted to help everyone it needs pre-format to, to add identifiers into them which I mean you know if it's a part of a project you need the short code which then you can file away automatically and the system can learn the importance and the stage of the project you should have inbuilt tags. I don't understand why no one's done it um, proficiently, but inbuilt tags, so tagging for filing, tagging for interaction, tagging for action needed to be taken and the owner of it, tagging with images, videos, and audio, so you don't have to send an email that's written. You could just do an audio version and it had it tagged audio, and then you could interact with it, and it can translate straight to text if you want it to so people with different disabilities aren't treated the same with email and then i think you need hashtags and groups to be referenced so then it can become shared knowledge so if it's private private only then that's something you can select if it's open for knowledge then it becomes uh, shareable and it already tells you that when you're going to reply so if you need to take something from open to private you can do that so if it's a decision or important decision or hr issue you know how to how to filter through then you need to you need scheduling so you need to be better at scheduling meetings scheduling stand-ups scheduling instant messages if something's come in and there's something within say it's teams and it's come in and you haven't caught up there it could be ways that you could cross-reference and you could dive into it and it could update you and i think that's where slack tried to become an email killer and realized that they couldn't kill email quickly 
I then think it needs to be like email tracking. So internally, I don't think you're hindering anyone and it's no, there's not a privacy issue. So has it been read? Has it been actioned? Was it ignored or deleted? So say you send a mass company email and just get instantly deleted. You should know the stats on that. And then I think, you know, like I'm dyslexic, so I have to use different plugins typically to help me. Like I use Outlook for one, Spark for another, Gmail for another email account I've got. But I tend to use it in the browser because there's slightly better tools for me. But, you know, spelling something that gets ignored a lot. You could use Grammarly out of the box to help you. Whether that changes the nature of how you talk shouldn't really matter so much. But abbreviations, etc., are learned really easily, so they can be added. I think threading is something that needs to be managed when you have a long email chain. It's quite difficult to, to look after. So I think there's threaded, manage, threaded management that needs to come in. And the chain is to be interactive. So you should be able to interact with different parts of it. And it understands the, the tree and the hierarchy of the conversation. So if there's three, often emails will go off in three different directions. The tool will know that because of how you've replied and who you've replied to. So there's a lot of management within that. I think it needs integration into the into a chat tool because the problem with email became the problem with chat and the problem with chats become a problem with email. So I think you need to integrate into a chat tool and it be intelligent enough to pick up different conversations and almost guide you to having a chat or guide you to having an email. But, you know, that, that's a lot of the, the details on it. I think the, every every email should get a URL. So you'd be able to share it so you can actually collaborate within the window. Often you'll have to have eight email chains to have the response that you want to reply with one reply. I think you should be able to edit it like it was a Google Doc or Notion, which is slightly better at it. And then you can then reply as a, as a department or a team or a project team. And that's the big problem that most people are experiencing is because you have to have chains on chains on chains to reply to one email. And say you get it wrong, you then have to send a number of different emails afterwards to explain it. That shouldn't be the way. I don't think you need view management. I think you need instantly view by internal email, view by external email, rather than you having to get a reminder and it comes up in yellow, this is an external email. Shouldn't be the case. You should be able to filter through and filter through who's who sent it and when. And then just to dive into it, I think we need predictive scoring. So the predictive scoring needs the requirement to reply. So do you actually need to reply or is it an FYI? I have a number of different subject lines that I make people, when I work with them, I make them have. So update only, no reply needed, FYI, all those types of things. And it tells you what you should and shouldn't do and if it needs to be in action. And I think that's where a lot of people fall over. It needs an importance to the email. So not just by you making it high importance because the receiver is never the highest importance for them, but having a way to be able to judge it. And then importance of reading. So is it time sensitive? So imagine it came up with 24-hour clock on it and said you need to read it within this time and it's got actions connected to it. So the view is going to be really important of it. And then searchable, so search by relevant email, filter for reply, filter by action. These are all important things that emails don't do at the moment. And then search for contact information about them in the project and it should all be connected. And then just lastly, you should allow email editing documents so you should be able to edit documents within your email client you shouldn't go off you should be able to do it within the email and you should then be able to have conversations within that document and it'll be it will have a source control or whatever history of, of edits that will allow full edits rights etc that'll be web-based so it will, it will pull a web-based browser into your email and it lets you you know create share ideas and before you send a full email you can edit forward you know, change subject line, etc. It doesn't matter. It's all handled within it. So it's almost like a work operating system as opposed to just an email client. And then it, it'll have to handle embeds and then it'll preload different management tools and you can select that as an admin. So if you want Giphy integration, you want Google Doc integration, that you use uh, web, you know, PowerPoint, they're all integrations straight in that you can control as the, as the manager. And what we allowed, an important point I want to make in lockdowns, quarantines, etc. We were force fitting tools. So we were always force fitting offline behaviour to online tools. That has to stop. 
like we said, but it has to be treated like a, more effectively and help us do our jobs more easily as opposed to make our jobs harder. Quite the feature list, but I like it. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, there's some good things in it. I think the, the real thing that kind of stu- stuck out to me, I think the stats, like there's a big problem, like we got a cultural problem at the moment in, in our business that emails get ignored, not responded to, and it's not good. Like it's not good for office culture and it's actually mind-blowing the way that people the negative impacts that non-reading non-actioning of email has on people it is like very detrimental and i think the other thing is that i've always wanted on email that also feeds into culture is mood or tone of voice Mm. because Sometimes you write emails and you don't know they're coming across in a certain way. And that can be a cultural barrier as well. If you're working with developers from other territories and other cultures, they can just, and English isn't the first language and things, but you're communicating in English, they can just come across like super direct because there's no conversational aspect to it. It's literally like a statement or a question. And there's nothing, there's no fluff, which obviously we like in Britain to have some nice fluffiness around our emails and politeness. So a lot of the time that gets misconstrued and that also causes, I think, cultural problems within an organization. So the impact of email right now is quite considerable in terms of how it can negatively impact an organization. It's such a it's such a highly used tool and it's such a small thing. But when people read the wrong thing into an email because they just don't understand the context, don't get the tone of voice, it is it's highly detrimental as much as people ignoring emails. And I think people should be held accountable for these things. And I think it's about establishing a baseline of best practice and cultural norms within an organization, and that is all around how you treat your colleagues, respect, how you respond, how you do things. But I think it's got to happen day one. It's got to be like, here's how we do things around here. Here's the tool we use. We're going to teach you to be a ninja on this tool. Even if it takes a week or two weeks, you know that that's the central hub, central communication hub of your organization. By people being fully trained on it and getting it right and using it properly, it will have the benefits over the longer term. The same way as, you know, a company will train someone on their product for four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks until they know it inside out before they get let loose with clients because you've got to be a subject matter expert. People don't put that emphasis on internal systems a lot of the time, especially in depending on the size of your organization as well. Like you want people kind of hitting the ground running, getting involved a lot of the time and doing the doing, not spending four weeks to onboard if you're a small business, for example, like you haven't got that luxury. Yeah, I think that that for me would be key in all of this. It's a great feature, but I think it's also that on that adoption side of things, I think it's a cultural shift and it'd be really interesting when we get down to kind of obviously marketing and messaging and brand about how that's communicated to the the target customer but speaking of kind of target customers i mean what is the term for this and what does that primary audience look like so emails in every business so it's a no-brainer i think it the, the term is obviously huge i think the average microsoft license is probably 125 to, to 300 pounds per head or dollars probably equivalent in dollars Google Suite is four twenty five per head, so you know every business, every person needs an email address. It's a legal requirement, I believe. Um, so ninety nine point nine percent will pay for email and storage, and and that. I think that from a difficulty perspective, it's it's going to be very difficult. It's something you're competing against Gmail, Apple Mail, you know Microsoft, etc. But the one and Superhuman, Spark, Salesforce actually, because they've got Slack and the way that they try and handle everything within Salesforce, 
and I think long term you've got Discord as well, which is is becoming a way to manage work. It will be trusted by IT because there's a lot of features they can they can handle and manage. It'd be trusted by finance because of the way it's integrated. It'd be trusted by project teams, product teams, project teams, you know, marketing teams, etc. Because it will help you manage your day and your workload. And the thing that most email, the thing that differentiates email for most people is the way that people use it. But if you've got a tool that tells you how to use it and onboard you properly, everyone's going to use it, have to use it the same sort of way because they'll be missing the features. And although I've managed and rolled out a software solution before and people revolted because it was all time-based, this helps you manage your day. This helps you manage your day, your communications, and helps you deliver your job more effectively. So your question will be, how's it going to make money? And the answer will be, it's going to be subscription per head. And I think it, it can be as expensive as per head per year. I imagine it will be 150 to 200 pounds or dollars per head. And it will only take three large companies to make that worth the worth it and the fear of it breaking or not working so if it doesn't work in one organization they're going to be onboarded within the flow and they're going to be tagging things so getting away from it's going to be very difficult and that doesn't sound very friendly but that's just the way that software, you develop the right sort of software and tools um, competitions like a seven out of ten i think subscription wise you can charge 200 quid per head and people will pay it because it's it's replacing rubbish software with a better style of software that's going to help you do your job better. But it'll be a longer sales cycle and it'll be a longer development cycle, but you'd only have to release it updates once a month to understand what are the most important tools or integrations because almost everything's got webhooks now. Um, back to the term, obviously every business uses email. So, so broad, right? But in terms of the target audience, it's kind of like, what size organization do you begin with? Who in that organization do you target and sell into? Because this is like, for me, it's like, is it, is it a product that only really works organization wide? Or could an individual in an organization start using it? Or would you just not get the benefit? Because unless everybody is working in this way, it, it just won't be as effective. So here it is. So the, the worst kept secret for anyone that understands how products grow and how growth really works from a product perspective is years ago it used to be IT that used to make the decisions on which tools would be brought in. It's now the people, it's the employees. You could do what Dropbox did with links and give credits. You could do what Slack did by people building their own, you know, installing their own version of it. You can do what, you know, what Gmail, uh, sorry, what Google Suite did is made a open source platform where people preferred Google Docs and they write in it. This is a way that you, you land and expand. So you get within a team and then everyone be like, what is this? How's it working? How are you tagging me? Like, how, how are you becoming more effective? So for me, it's a case of anyone that's got a fear of being rubbish at their job or operationally, companies have to be savvy. So I actually think the target audience would start with early adopters. So I think it'd have to be startups and companies under 500. And But have a, one large team that's going to adopt it quickly and then it'll land and expand. Uh, and then I think actually the larger organisations would would want, you know, procurement would take a long time. So by the time you, you hit a thousand, ten thousand, hundred thousand business, you've got so many people using it. Whether it's effectively or not doesn't necessarily matter. It's just the the groundswell that you get around it, the, the attention it, it gets. And if someone external sees it and sees it working, then they're gonna they're gonna want to they want to at least try it out. Hundred percent would. So say in terms of that sales approach, say like an individual in an organisation gets it right, who's gonna pay? the 150 200 per head department you mean from a financial perspective 
yeah so if i if i want to adopt this i'm, I'm inside an organization my organization just uses like g suite gmail google docs and i want to adopt this but my business is like look we're not going to pay for it for you because we use gmail and we already pay for gmail some people pay up to 20 percent for recruitment so you're paying 20 percent more than the, the salary that you need to you often will pay money for a new tool or a marketing campaign. So without going into horror stories, most businesses with their marketing campaign, 30% of bots at least. And that's an unwritten rule that people won't talk around, but it's true. So actually people are used to spending on tools or features that they don't necessarily use anyway, uh, that they that they know it won't get used or won't have optimum value or ROI or ROIC or whatever the, the latest thing is. So I think a lot of people will pay for it. I think there are going to be a lot of IT companies that would push it. And I think that CFOs would probably see the benefit once they used it. So actually they'd probably advocate for it. But just remember people are paying between four and 12 quid for tools per head. So if you've got Monday or Asana or Slack or any of the other tools you're paying per head anyway. So small businesses are paying a couple of hundred quid a month for something they don't really use. Whereas they'll pay a couple hundred quid per head per year when everyone starts adopting it and making them better. You've got to have that opportunity to, to prove it as well, I think. So that kind of free period at the beginning, you know, 30 days to prove it to you that I can make you more productive or whatever the, the, the that initial message is, I think is key and like make the rest of your team productive and that viral growth or the shareable growth. We've seen it a lot with email invite, invite X-Men people from your team. I, th I think I hate the way that software does that on onboarding. Mm. Like I'm like, well, I haven't used your tool yet. Why do I want to invite everyone? I want to use your tool. And then I want you to prompt me to invite my colleagues. And I also want to do that when I've got some data in the tool. So I know what my colleagues, I don't have to be like, oh, what's their email? search my gmail copy and paste their email and put it in do you know what i mean like put some data inside it pull through from that data some suggested emails and then it's just click send click send click send click send and i never get why they do it on onboarding it's like i haven't used your tool yet it's like i've got no data i said it. before it's like the rule of seven you need seven times you know you need that value time to value ttv really quickly so you do need that like you need seven other people like Pinterest, Facebook style, to, to get the use of the tool so you all get the benefit from it, as opposed to just one that's like using crafty new ways of using schema and lookups and tagging. So we would you target teams initially? Like yeah, I'd go after product teams or I'd go after marketing yeah. and then that will go big. Well, I like it. I want to hate it, I'll be honest, because I want to give you a harder time than I have done. But this could easily make my life a bit easier. So I think we should get it on, on Kickstarter again or uh, <laughs> another reputable crowdfunding platform. But just to, do you want to take us through the recap then? Yeah, a work operating system. It's essentially built around uh, it being the central part of a campfire. Sorry, it sounds pretty startup-y and and tech bro-y but that's the best way I can do it so it's an email client for the modern day of world of work it breaks down written communication but also it enables you to leverage native video audio types uh, and different products so think of like Miro or Mural but for email essentially uh, why because it's email is always going to be the most important form of communication we big businesses use it small businesses use it everyone uses it it's still the still going to be the place where most important parts of work happens and get signed off and you have to prove disprove what you've done or haven't done on email if you've if you're great at email you use it religiously uh, and you're great at it and people around you wonder how you're so good if you're bad at email everyone knows you're bad at email um but it's a way that the future of work is going to happen but we're going to need a canonical and i think this is email is going to be the canonical and then it's going to help you with time management 
give you templated ways to be better at communicating and have inbuilt tools for for much smarter tagging you're about to schedule you're about to see your calendar and view things differently you'll be able to track different emails if you send and have threaded management and have urls for each email so you can collaborate and send and edit within that and then you can have predictive scoring which will help you become better at your job and help everyone around you understand you a little bit better than you can necessarily put it out yourself and then very importantly it's your canonical identity within businesses so why isn't it better and why isn't it built for the modern day work good pitch I think we should get it out on the, the mailing list and see who wants to sign up for the beta see what the response is bit of an email feedback server as well and if anyone wants to obviously put in some money then well, Nick and I will we'll spin up Rascal Ventures or whatever we're going to call it yeah, still got that one in the bag so we can do that but yeah it's a good pitch I like it I think looking at the future of work especially hybrid working as well I think it's kind of super important and I think you know people are just overloaded and anything that can help with productivity and management um, is going to be key and I think we use so many different media formats now we collaborate in so many different ways it's looking at things again I think post COVID where the goalposts have moved again from probably all of these solutions that came out or were designed pre-COVID and there's even more emphasis on hybrid remote working and teams being able to communicate effectively and collaborate so um, yeah I'm down I'm down good job thank you very much hate to say it but good job right well if you're interested you want to hear more or you want to see it broken down uh, in written format then then you can go to thefuturestate.co.uk sign up there and we'll and we'll send an email newsletter every time the podcast goes live so uh, sign up and thanks for listening see you next time